This is episode 85 of How to Human, and in this episode, I want to cover why men demean women in the course of strengthening each other. And unlike most podcasts, I'm going to use extreme language. I try my best, which is not even who I am, to not curse, but it's unavoidable here. So this would be things like, don't be a bitch, put on a skirt, sarcastically, don't be a pussy, don't be a woman, things like that. And why is it necessary for, in the course of men, calling each other out on being weak is really what that's about. Why is it necessary to use women as the example of weakness? And I wanna discuss why they do it, whether or not it's toxic, how it hurts women, can it be done without hurting women, and I'll discuss a way forward if there is one. So why do men use that language when strengthening each other? And the answer is the male ego. Men want to be recognized as men. And it's deep in men's DNA. I posit that a man would rather be considered an insufficient human an insufficient man and what that would look like is you don't have to like me but you have to respect me and that's because being liked isn't on the priority list being capable being strong being powerful being a leader these are the things that are respected and this is a priority list that isn't the same as a female priority list. And to the extent that we are saying, here is our expectation for what you should be, it's important to say, we expect you to be this, which is different from that. If we buy the idea that men and women are different, and women and body characteristics that we think don't fit men on the whole, on the average. It is a shaming technique that men use to say, don't be a woman, be a man, because that is the expectation for your behavior. The set of characteristics that include maleness are things that men are going to expect from you. And as such, we will shame you by declaring you to not be a man, to be something different than a man. And the only other thing that has that kind of juice is to call them a woman. Don't be weak is one thing. Uh, don't be a child is another. That's a thing that people use. But the thing that gets people's goat is calling them a woman. The thing that gets a man's goat is calling them a woman. And it is hard to say whether or not it's an evolutionary construct or a social construct. It seems very much like a social construct. It is hard for me to imagine that that has not existed 
before language. That there was peer pressure among apes to contribute and act the way that other male apes did. And if male apes spent time with and acted like female apes, that they weren't shamed for it. So is it a social construct? Maybe. Is it a social construct that's existed for all time? Who knows, right? Nobody has any idea, but it feels like it could be true. Is this idea toxic? And the answer is yes and no. It's nuanced. So is it toxic? Yes. The answer there would be if that differentiation between men and women is used to justify a superiority complex among men. In the idea that men and women are different, which this entire concept is about, there needs to be, for not to be toxic, a level of understanding that the differences don't imply superiority. Men and women can be different and have different roles and wants and abilities, but seeing those differences as a lens through which men can demean and diminish women, that's toxic. It's toxic to look down on others based on a lens of seeing the others as a lesser being. Women, this could be a judgment, right? I, to the, there isn't evidence on this that women aren't lesser beings or that men aren't lesser beings. There's no evidence that either one's a lesser being. These are all opinions and somebody can land on either side of this. But in terms of male-female relations, if we need to get along, which we do, I don't see why anybody wouldn't think that men and women should get along because we're partners in this. We're partners in life and society. And it doesn't make any sense logically to demean our partners when we want to work with them. So it's toxic if it leads to diminishment. And it's not toxic if it can be done in a healthy way that doesn't lead to diminishment. And that's where I'm going to lose a lot of female listeners, is that how can you say don't be a bitch where the implication of bitch is woman? A, it's a very misogynistic sounding, and B, it is implying that being a woman is a bad thing. And here's how that can be done in a non-toxic way. The misogynistic sounding part, that's a tough one. That is men being politically incorrect. And men usually do that behind closed doors. And to the extent that men do that outside and it, are being corrected for it, that's a tough thing. 
Men need spaces where they can diminish each other in private. They really do. If we're not allowed to diminish each other, we don't have a means for discouraging weakness. We have to discourage weakness. The male ego, I'll say this even differently. Human beings are meant to be strong. And human beings are meant to strengthen each other. And women don't have to believe that. Nobody has to believe that, actually. But most men do. My judgment, in the logic of the world, in the logical stance to take, it is easier to be human and to succeed if you are strong. I have zero doubt in that. And men understand that. As logical creatures, they understand that. Am I saying women are logical? Absolutely not. I'm saying that the logic men use is that they strengthen each other because being strength, being strong is preferable. So can this be done in a non-toxic way? The misogynistic sounding part, we gotta try to do that behind closed doors because when women hear it, it hurts. And it's not meant to offend, but men aren't trying to be politically correct. Overall, men are less politically correct than women because men are generally less empathetic than women. And that's a nuanced point. Is that socially constructed or is that part of us? That's a longer conversation. But can it be non-toxic to say, don't be female? It can be. Even if we take away the misogynistic language, can it be non-toxic to say, don't be female? It can be if men understand it's not about diminishment. It's about strengthening. This is a nuanced point that I judge that a lot of men get, that we can say when a man is struggling with something that we believe that he could handle, and we say, don't be a bitch, that isn't about a woman directly. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for a weak thing that can't bear a load. And I understand what that means. I understand, Dave Messman, you're saying in your metaphor, because bitch, we know that it means woman, and you're saying that women can't bear a load in your metaphor. Correct. And I'm saying the metaphor is entirely, it's not entirely hypothetical. It is not bound to a realistic interpretation. And most healthy men know that it doesn't mean women. In fact, I will say, all healthy men know it doesn't mean women. And we're not diminishing women in that case. And that's the point, healthy men. And how do we separate healthy from unhealthy men? Well, that's complicated. Because unhealthy men use it just as much, if not more so. And that's the nuanced part of it is that there's an effort to make healthier men that is 
really hard to accomplish, especially in this environment. And that's also a longer conversation. And I want to stick to this podcast just being about this one particular concept of using language that demeans women in the course of strengthening. So how does this hurt women? It hurts women in a couple different ways. One is the misogyny that comes in the language. When men use that language, don't be a bitch, don't be a pussy, don't be a woman, what it is saying is that on a level that women are something that men don't desire to be. And that's the implication there is that women are inferior, that men believe that falling into that category is a less desirable place to be. And when an attitude is maintained, A, it makes men feel superior, which allows for diminishment and marginalization of women. And B, when women hear that and feel that in the culture, it is a, a vibration, a vibration of you don't respect us and you don't think that we are capable. And on a level that people, men certainly probably don't understand, is that that might lead to self-esteem loss. For people to tell you with their language indirectly that you're inferior, that might sink in. People believe what they're told, and maybe they're not told directly, but they feel it. Can this language be used without demeaning women? That is the really tough one, and that is what culture is really trying to move toward. And I don't know if I believe that it can be. I'd love to take a neutral stance on this, but I'm not sure I can. And I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying that I'm proud of it. I'm not saying that it doesn't hurt women. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt men. I'm saying that when men are in private, on the whole, and I'm not talking about 100% of men, I'm talking about 75 to 90%. This is the language that we use and we're all okay with it. And the ones that aren't okay with it, okay, you do you. But this is a really old technique of strengthening that we try to get rid of. We are thinking about it and seeing how it hurts women and people. And it's not a popular position to take. Most people can't say this out loud. I'm just that one weird person who wants to say the 
really awkward thing that people can't say out loud, which is that these phrases have value. These phrases mean something to men in particular. And political correctness doesn't have a place a lot of times in men's group strengthening. I understand the need to want to manage this, to step into all male spaces and say you shouldn't say that because when used unhealthily, if that's a word, in unhealthy ways, that it leads to the marginalization of women. Great, I agree. But maybe the answer isn't police our language because it can be used in unhealthy ways. The answer is to create healthier men. And how do you do that? Well, that's a different story. That is probably beyond the scope of this podcast. It's an important point. I mean, it's an essential point. If it can't be done, if that's a a method of solving this problem that actually can't be accomplished, that negates my ability to say that this language is okay, because it only, can only be used in certain scenarios. And if those scenarios can't exist, well, then my whole point's off. But I posit that there is this view of masculinity and men as this broken thing filled with men who are doing it wrong. And it depends on what you're looking for. You can see that if you're looking. You can look at all the examples of all the unhealthy men and who are not living up to what they're supposed to be in terms of treating other people with kindness and making the world a better place. And they are evil sociopaths and rapists and sexual harassers and misogynists. Yeah, that exists. And there's a giant percentage of really good, healthy men that don't get much of a break. They don't, they don't, their stories don't get told. And the broad brush gets painted with the unhealthy image. And if we view men as unhealthy and we shame all behaviors based on what in my judgment, a minority of men do. We're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. This strengthening is important. Men's strength is important. And the tools we use aren't politically correct. And they must be used judiciously by healthy men. And I completely understand the other side to this. I completely understand it, that these words are hurtful. And it also hurts some men. I bet there's gonna be an argument here that this hurts trans men, men who later become women because they're demeaning women in some way that they're gonna be them. Okay, sometimes a small minority of people can be hurt if the majority is 
that are served and that pain is just something that you got to deal with. Life's not going to be all flowers, peas, and carrots. Sometimes you're going to hear things you don't like and you got to suck it up and deal with it. And I'm not saying that about don't be a pussy and women. I Don't be a pussy and don't be a bitch. Those are hurtful things that I wish we didn't say outside of male-only spaces. And we usually try not to, frankly. It's the fact that there are very few male-only spaces where there aren't other ears listening. If men can't rear other men in private, that's actually a problem. Rearing men isn't politically correct, period. And that's sort of the point of this, is that we have to allow for non-politically correct language and it's gonna hurt some people. I don't, I don't know if I see a way around it. The way around it, here's a, the actual way around this. Can this be done without hurting women? Yes, here's the way, make healthy men. Understand what makes healthy men and work on it. We look at other parts of society and we wanna work on that. We want to increase women's self-esteem. We want to increase funding to black neighborhoods and black schools. We want to encourage immigration for those who want better lives. And also, let's work on making healthier men. I know people are doing it. Some people are doing it well. Some people are doing it really, really poorly. And healthier men can use politically incorrect language and they'd use it in private, ideally, and, and right, kids can't use this either. I mean, kids can use it. Kids, of course, can use it. But what they're doing is they're probably doing it in unhealthy ways. It can be done by them in healthy ways if they are given healthy role models, which are fewer and farther in between in this decade, this new decade. So the answer is healthier men. How do we do it? Tough road. Should we eliminate the language in the course of waiting for healthier men to exist? No, no. If I have to fall on one side of this, it's that men continue to use politically incorrect language because taking that away, policing that language hurts the ability to rear men, which actually exacerbates the problem. Weak men are not the, pro not the solution. Dave Messman, you can't make strong men without using that language? On a level? No. That specific language, yeah, it's kind of optional. After we say don't be a pussy and don't be a bitch, they're coming for don't be weak next. They're coming for this idea that this is my judgment. This is a, this will be one of, this will be my most, one of my more politically incorrect podcasts. 
they are coming for the idea that men differentiate themselves via strength. And this is just step one because it's part of that differentiation is important to men. And then the next differentiation is men aren't weak. And I'm not saying that men can't ever be weak. I'm saying that the natural state of men is iron. Men are kind by choice, not by nature. And that is a social construct and a good one. And part of the way we rear that is don't be a bitch. It's something we say to each other in private all the time. And most of us think it's fine. We don't want to hurt women, but we're, we're trying to get something very important across. And it's lost in translation to people who don't understand the nuance of it. There's a very specific nuance among healthy males for it. And it's hard to grasp without the cultural understanding. Men have a culture and it's part of that culture. That's the end of this episode of How to Human. I wish I had a way to do this without sounding so Neanderthal. And I don't think I have one. If I have to take a stand on this, because literally nobody else will, this is a literally impossible thing to say and an impossible position to take. If someone has to take a stand, and I do, I'm not taking a stand. I'm trying to explain it and take a stand. Maybe if I were to do this again, I'd explain it without taking a stand. But the problem is, without taking a stand, it's indefensible. Because the stand has to be, you don't understand. The stand has to be, I know something you don't. And in an objective sense, I don't think that is possible. So it can only be done when taking a stand. And that's the end of this episode of How to Human.